It is day three of Dafchaf. We are holding the command Dafchaf and about 12 lines up from the bottom of the page. Yesterday we left off with a question. We're just going to briefly recap to remind ourselves where we left off and then we'll continue. We learned three cases. The first case was the Rabbionisam ben Eloza. Rabbionisam ben Eloza said if there was a parish that someone who's particular about the laws of Tumantara and his shawl, his cloak fell from him and he said to his friend, pick it up and give it to me and that's what happened. Then the shawl becomes tummy. It becomes ritually impure. The Gemara understands at this stage, we said, that there's a sort of hesachadas. There's a lapse in concentration, in focus, in attention of guarding this item from becoming tummy. And it's considered to be ritually impure. The second ruling was Yonisam ben Amram. Rabbi Yonisam ben Amram said if someone's clothing got mixed up, he put his hand in the cupboard to take out Shabbos clothes. He took out weekday clothes. Then it's Tommy because the Gemara understood at that stage and at this stage that if a person thinks he's guarding one thing and actually realizes he's guarding something entirely different, that's considered to be a hesachadas. It becomes Tommy richly impure. And the third case, which is similar to the second case, two women who got their clothing mixed up in the bathhouse and each one put on the other's clothing just for a few moments. Again, because they were each guarding what they thought was their own clothing, but actually turned out to be their friend's clothing, it's considered to be Tommy. We then asked a question on the latter two cases from a Brysa. The Brysa was about, someone thought a barrel was a barrel of wine and actually it was a barrel of oil. And we proved after a lengthy discussion that in that Brysa, the person was actually intending to guard the item from becoming Tomei. And even though he didn't realize that what he was holding, he thought was wine, but actually turned out to be oil. Nonetheless, his guarding is a good guarding. It still works. And that price, therefore, is a question on the latter two cases where we said that if someone is guarding something and it's a case of mistaken identity, he thinks he's guarding something, but he's actually guarding something else, then it, it's not a good guarding. And yet this price about the wine and the oil seems to completely disagree with that. So that was the question we left off with yesterday. The Gemara now compounds this challenge with another one, and this second one is going to be a question on all three of the cases that we started today's sheer recapping. For Odin, furthermore, Mosev Rabbah Baravua, Rabbah Baravua challenged the, the rulings that we learned from another Brysa. It once happened with a woman, Shabbat, who came before Rabbi Shmuel, the Amr, and she said to him, Rabbi, my teacher, this garment I wove in purity. But I didn't have in mind to guard it in purity. In other words, she said she was sure that from the moment during the weaving process that the cloth had reached the size of three fingers by three fingers, which is the point at which a piece of cloth becomes large enough to become susceptible to tumma, from that point it did not come in contact with anything capable of contaminating it. But she admitted that she hadn't consciously guarded it from Tumah during that time. She was sure nothing had come into contact with it, but she hadn't consciously guarded it from Tumah during that time. Rabbi Shmuel, though, he proceeded to interrogate her. He thought, you know what, if she didn't specifically concentrate to guard it, maybe she forgot something. And amidst the interrogations that Rabbi Shmuel interrogated her with, Amrlo, she said to him, Rabbi, my teacher, Nida Mashchemi Bechevel, and Nida drew together with me the rope that was attached to the loom from the stage at which this piece of cloth was a large enough size to become Tommy. And actually, it is Tommy. I've just remembered it is Tommy. Amr Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel said, How great are the words of the sages. They would say, If one had in mind to guard it, it is Tahar. If one didn't have in mind to guard it, it is Tahar. It happened another time, another story. A woman came before Rabbi Shmuel. Amr she said to him, Rabbi, my teacher, This cloth I wove in purity. But I didn't have in mind to guard it 
in purity. So again, the same case. The woman said, I'm sure that this is pure, but I didn't specifically have intention to guard it in purity. And again, amidst the interrogations, Rabbi Shmuel interrogated her. She said to him, you know what, Rabbi, my teacher, a thread that I was using snapped, and I tied it by using my mouth. Before I'd even begun to weave, she said, one of the threads snapped and I tied it using my mouth. And she'd previously been a nidah, she'd menstruated, and she hadn't yet been to the mikvah. But she said, I thought nothing of it, because at that point, no cloth sizable enough to contract tumah had been woven. It was just a thread. But Rabbi Shmuel realized that the possibility existed that after she had woven the cloth to the size of three by three fingers, at which point it could become Tomei, there was still some moist saliva left on it, and the saliva of Anida is considered an avatoma capable of contaminating utensils, including the cloth. And therefore, it was in fact Tomei. Again, he said the same thing. How great are the words of the sages? Shall you own They used to say, If someone had in mind to guard it, if he had in mind to guard it, it's Tahor. If he didn't have in mind to guard it, it's Tomei. So now, what's the question the Gemara wants to bring from these, uh, these cases? Rabbi Shmuel said, if someone had in mind to guard it, it is Tahr. So that implies that the only problem with the Hesach Adas, the only problem of diversion of attention, is that the item might have become contaminated in the interim. But what difference does it make, the Gemara says, in the last two cases that we recapped at the beginning of today's shir, where the person thought he was guarding a different object? So what? So what if we thought he was guarding a different object? What difference does it make? The fact is, like we've learned in this case of Rabbi Shmuel, he was guarding it from becoming Tommy. So what if he didn't realize what the item was? It shouldn't matter. From Rabbi Shmuel's case, you see that if he had intent to guard it, it remains Tahr. So what difference does it make in those latter two cases if he didn't realize what he was guarding? Similarly, in the first case that we learned, where someone's cloak fell from him, his shawl fell from him and was retrieved by somebody else, why does that render it Tommy? Again, the owner was guarding it from Tumar and it was uninterrupted. He's watching it. He's right there. He's standing right there. He's guarding it. What difference does it make that someone else picked it up? So the Gemara has asked the question now from these rulings of Rabbi Shmuel on all three cases that we learned yesterday that we recapped on today at the beginning of the ship. Now, the Gemara goes one by one through the cases, through the three cases, to see if we can eliminate the questions one by one. So on the last two laws, which is where we learned that if a person is guarding an item that he thinks is a different item, that it becomes Tommy. So that's the first question that we've got, is on those two cases. And again, the question is, how can you say that a person who guards something under false pretenses, a, a mistaken identity, he thinks he's guarding something, but he's actually guarding a different object. How can you say that would render the object Tommy? Well, Rabbi Shmuel tells us very clearly that it's all about a person intending to guard the object. And if a person intends to guard the object, what difference does it make whether he knows what the object is or not? The fact is he's trying to guard the object. So the Gemara says, Bishlam, we can answer that. We can answer the case of Rebbe Rabbi Tzodok where the women exchanged their clothes in the bathroom by mistake because we can say that the reason Rabbi Akiva said that these clothing were Tommy in that case is because each woman says to herself my fellow bather is the wife of an Amoritz. Her husband is an ignoramus. is someone who's not particular about the laws of Tumantara. And therefore, 
She therefore diverts her attention from guarding the garment. In other words, it's not about having a mistaken identity. It's true that a person can guard something that he has intent to guard, even if, it's, even if he doesn't realize what it is he's guarding. But in this case, both women, because they assume that the other lady is perhaps married to, a, you know, she's not a particular person about Tumantara. Perhaps she's from a family, she's from a relationship where they're not particular about those things. And therefore, they, she, each woman did not have intent to guard the item. If they had had intent to guard the item that wasn't their item of clothing, it would have worked. That's what the Gemara says now. But the fact is they did not have that intent because the fact that they assumed that the other person probably was an Amaret, probably was someone who wasn't particular. So therefore, they would have not had intent to continue guarding from becoming Tommy. And therefore, Rabbi Shmuel's ruling that it all comes down to intent to guard, well, that falls away because they did not have intent to guard because they assumed that their, that their friend was someone who wasn't particular about Tumantara. Rabbi Yonasaman Amram Nami. Also, in the, in the other of the latter two cases, Rabbi Yonah Amram, which is the case of a person who was planning to take out his weekday clothes, but he accidentally took out his Shabbos clothes. Cave on the Kalim the Shabbos Avalu Shimutvei. Again, it's nothing to do with the fact that a person had a mistaken identity, but he still had intent to guard the items. No, it's because there are different levels in guarding. A person generally guards his Shabbos clothes more carefully, more zealously than his weekday ones. And now, due to the switch, he guarded them only as much as his weekday ones. And Masachta Teminayu is considered as if he diverts his attention from them. Even though a person also obviously guards his weekday clothes from Tumah, and that level of guarding is sufficient for his Shabbos clothes as well. Nevertheless, since he guards his Shabbos clothes more carefully than his weekday ones, and now due to the mix-up, his guarding of Shabbos clothes was a bit lessened somewhat, so the Chachamim, the Rabbis, considered it a full-fledged diversion of attention, Hesach Adas. So the Gemara said, in the latter two cases of the three cases, we don't have a problem. We can easily say you know what if a person guards an item under false pretenses he thinks it's an item but it's actually something else that shimmer that guarding does work but in each of these in each of these two cases we have reasonable basis to suggest that a person specifically would have lost his intent to guard that item because he would he or she would have assumed that in the case of the two women who mixed up their clothing, they would have assumed that the other one was an Amaretz, was not someone particular about Tumantara. And in the case of the clothing, there are different levels of guarding, and a person wouldn't have the same level of guarding for weekday clothes as for Shabbos clothes. But in the first case, someone drops his shawl, his cloak, and someone else picks it up. Why is it that the owner can't guard it while his friend is holding it? Why can't we say that he guards it while his friend is holding it? That's the question the Gavron wants to know. What difference does it make if someone else is holding it? The owner's standing right there. And presumably the owner in this case knows that the other person is someone who's particular about Tumantara. And yet we're saying that the item becomes Tomei. Why is that the case? So the Gavron says, Amr Yochanan says, There's a chazaka, a presumption that a person does not guard something that is being held by his friend. That a person, when he's watching someone else pick something up, he doesn't feel like he's guarding that item. And similarly, the person who retrieved the item, even if he was Tahar, he also wouldn't guard it. Because he thought to himself, my friend over there doesn't know whether or not I am Tame, and yet he asked me to pick it up. Obviously, he's not particular about the Tara. So both people, both the owner isn't guarding it because someone else is holding it. And the person who's holding it is not guarding it because he's thinking to himself, well, if the other guy doesn't care if I'm holding it, he doesn't know if I'm Tommy or Tara, 
then even if I'm tar, I'm not going to guard it. Why would I guard it? He obviously doesn't care about it. And that is what the Gemara suggests is the answer to the first case. So again, if a person guards something when he doesn't realize what he's guarding, that is a good guarding. That's okay. But nonetheless, in each of the three cases, we have an understanding now of why the item is Tomei. The Gemara is going to challenge this answer tomorrow, but we're going to hold it for today. I wish you all a very good day.